tonight, I want to talk to you, um, and hopefully, we may be small enough now uh, to engage a little bit, we'll see, um, around the topic of community and developing a Christian community. Um, uh, and, and I'll give you a li little bit of context. I'll paint, I'll paint one picture uh, for you before we start. And then, uh, but there are many, many expressions of, of the community of Christ. But I think we know inherently that uh, the, the state of the church right now and, our, and our, the degree, what I'm talking about tonight is the degree of our togetherness in a hundred ways, uh, there's an opportunity for growth. Let me say it in the positive. And so uh, God is um, gracious and Jesus will have the church that he, that he prayed for, a church that's one and a church that loves one another. And, um, and we're, we're going to get there. <laughs> we are going to get there. So uh, this, is, this is kind of on the hope side of, uh, uh, of communication tonight. So um, the, I entitled this Love for the Day is Near, um, an assessment of the current state of the community of the kingdom. The community of the kingdom, of course, being, uh, being the church. And so um, there's the kingdom of God. That's the rule of God. And then there's the community of the kingdom. That's the church of God, just to start at the foundational level. And, um, and Jesus, Jesus uh, prayed uh, the, uh, a prayer that is being answered and has been answered in part through the centuries uh, since he was crucified, resurrected, and, and ascended to, the, to heaven. Um, there have been bursts of expressions of the community of the kingdom, the church, uh, in various locations, many, many countries. And um, Sherry and I got this taste uh, a little bit of that. Um, when we were first married, we... we um, moved to, to Kansas City and lived in a, a, uh, a, a community of 80 families in about two square blocks. It's a group of duplexes, and we lived, lived together, did life together, ate with one another, prayed with one another, met in one another's homes, uh, took care of one another, uh, worshiped together. Pray. We, we, we just did life together. And we all worked jobs outside of the community and wasn't a cult, by the way, and um, <laughs> for the curious. Um, but it was one of the more formative and seminal experiences in our lives and gave us a, a hunger to experience that in, in that measure or even greater measure um, moving forward. So... Various times we've had, um, really most of the time that we've been in the United States, we've had um, a house church or, or something resembling a house church um, that that we helped to, to steward. So um, what I would like for you to think about as you sit there 
and uh, we'll pray in just a second. But I'd, I'd like for you to, to ask the Father, like now, what, what would it look like if you lived in community, or you may be living in community. There's an interesting experiment going on at Plainview right now that's been ongoing for several years. But what would it like, look like for you to live in community at your life stage, at your place of wherever you're headed in life right now? What would that, what would that look like now? What would that look like one year from now? What would like, that look like two years from now? And so I'd like for you to engage with me if all we get is me up here bloviating about eight slides uh, tonight. There are eight. Um, that would be a fail. And so what I'd like is if you would engage the Lord with your heart, and if we can have some back and forth, um, we, we might, might do that. But I'd like for, you to, like for you to get a picture in your mind, and it may not pan out quite like that, but um, if you are, at the present moment, if you, if you sense that there is a level of connectedness with the body of Christ that you do not have right now, that you would like, I'd like for you to engage with the Lord, not only tonight, but moving forward um, over the next several weeks and months, it is incumbent upon us to, to do so. I'll tell you this, um, because the pandemic that we've been living in for the last year and a half is a small measure of trouble and trial compared to what is coming. And so I think many of you sense that. Maybe you've had a, a, a specific uh, revelation from the Lord about that, about one aspect or the other of, of the coming trouble. Don't worry so much about the coming trouble um, because the Lord has grace for, for us all. So there will be joy in that time. We'll be fine. Um, what we want to do, though, now is in lieu of the coming bigger trouble, we'd like to uh, connect with one another in a way and, and be prayerful about connecting with one another in a way that the coming trouble is uh, not just survivable, but uh, that we actually can thrive in the middle of trouble and, and deep, deep conflict. So um, next slide, please. So let's this is uh, Romans 13, 11 through 14. I'll read it quickly and do this, what he talked about in the first 10 verses in Romans 13. It's about submitting to governmental authorities and the variety of subjects that Paul covered. But, um, and do this understanding the present time. Remember, this is written a couple thousand years ago. So, so this, how true is this now? The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us, 
Those are the us. Don't read this individually. <laughs> Let us behave decently, as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves, all y'all, with the Lord Jesus Christ, and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. So what I'm doing here is is trying to, let's orient ourselves in history real quick. I'll read the second verse in just a moment. But Jesus told us roughly when he's coming back. Where did he tell us that? Just, Just for funsies. He told us, he told us you wouldn't know the day or the hour, but he told us roughly when, when he's coming back. Can anybody locate the chapter and the book in the New Testament? Matthew chapter 24. And so he gives, he gives us this, this litany of earthquakes and famines and all. those are the beginning of birth pains. Okay. And then you'll be, persecuted, and um, it gets, gets a little more um, intense. And, and then he said, to Carl's point about the gospel, and this gospel uh, will be preached to every ethnos or ethne and every people group or a language group, and, and then the end will come. So um, as of a couple of years ago, I believe now, three years ago, uh, the estimation uh, among the missional community among us in the church, some 30 to 50 organizations gathered together about in 2018, um, the, the estimation was that, and these are people who have their finger on the pulse of where the gospel has been and has not been. At that time, that we were somewhere around a couple thousand uh, language groups, people groups uh, that have not been reached with the gospel. So consider that about 10 years ago, there were somewhere around 14,000. So the acceleration of God raising up labors for the harvest, in front, plunging or, or plundering the, the uh, the church in the U.S. and in Europe and Africa and India and China and Korea, um, that process has accelerated mightily. And so if we were a couple thousand people groups three years ago, I don't know where we're at now, but I suspect we're closer. And so the window, the window on getting the gospel to the nations, remember Jesus said, this gospel will go to the nation and then the end will come. That's going to be intense, by the way. Um, the window is closing very quickly now. So just for your, just for, just think with me a little bit. If you, if you knew, if you knew that you had three years, eight years, 10 years, 15 years, and I may be run over by a, you know, a camel or something someday and not make it that far. But, um, but say that you, you knew that there were 10 years to, I mean, go all in, to go all out with the Lord. I hope we're going all out with the Lord anyway. Um, but let's say the, the, the end is approaching quickly, okay? 
We know also Jesus said that, this is interesting. I don't know if you noticed this, but this, this second verse um, at the bottom, Jesus is talking about the increase of wickedness and the love of most or the many, it's often translated, will grow cold. And so I don't want to dwell too much on the, the absolute callousness and brutality uh, in the culture right now. Um, just spend a few moments on the freeway, you know, or at a, or at a store. It's, 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 it's uh, interesting. We could talk a long time why that is, and and the, and the, it's it's an interesting study, I think, uh, why that is, but um, but we know that we, I think that's another signal to us that times are getting close to to the Lord's return, and whether they are or they aren't, um, they are, and um, we we have a we have a job collectively. And so we, we, have, we have to come together in a way, and we will, where the world, when they see our lives together, they'll be sure that Jesus Christ was sent by the Father. They will be sure. The love will be so palpable and this is, this is how, by the way, many Muslims come to faith now. Yes, the man in white appears to them, but often it's the love of the brethren that, that actually that pushes them over the edge when they see love among the brothers and sisters. So where we are in history. Um, next slide. God is prescribing the necessary external environment for us to think and act. What do I mean by that? Well, we've always kind of probably sensed that for, for the church to be uh, one and to be unified and for us to love one another and for us to care enough to be in each other's lives, um, some things, multiple things, were likely going to have to happen for us to um, wake up from our slumber and realize that we need each other in a big way. And so the pandemic, the current pandemic, is, is um, a great message from heaven, not saying the, I don't want to get into argument of, you know, is this the devil or is this the Lord or whatever, I can tell you the Lord is sovereign, and, and he will use this under the Romans 8.28 heading of causing all things to work together for good, for those who love him are called according to his purpose. So if we say that the pandemic is basically under the, the, the general banner of, of Romans 8.28, then the Lord is providing an external stimulus to or reorient our thinking, okay? So, um, secondly, financial pressures, and there are more coming, and they will be intense. Don't fear. It, it'll, you'll be fine. But uh, financial pressures are coming in a, in a really fresh way. 
Um, social movements, unrest, and governmental changes highlight the instability, the instability of the world. So, so any confidence you have in uh, world systems, or that even even people outside of the church, out of the body of Christ, that they have in institutions, are it has been greatly shaken, and it will continue. And um, the rise of the antichrist system, whether the antichrist is a person or a system. Um, a person and a system um, uh, will also galvanize our community so that we can relate to each other in meaningful ways. If you can't buy or sell, <laughs> this could happen in your lifetime, okay? This will likely happen in your lifetime. So if you cannot buy or sell, then we would need to um, have an economy among us uh, where we can uh, trade goods and services, yeah? It's not an organizational meeting. Everybody, everybody okay? So it is food for thought, and um, I would like for us uh, to, to see us take some steps forward in the coming year uh, to, to um, explore the, these issues together under the truth of the scriptures, under the, under the government of, of the Holy Spirit. So more to come. Um, Next slide, please. This is a study. This is, and, and I, I, bring, I bring this up to, to make a couple, couple of points. These are, these are social scientists that uh, wrote, a, wrote an article published in 2010. Um, this is Deborah Umberson and, and uh, Jennifer Montez. And it's, it's a long article, but what, what the article is is, it's basically um, an analysis of, of many studies. If you saw the bibliography here, um, it, it's impressive. And they're, they're, they're pretty high-quality studies, social science studies, uh, that analyze um, how do people who are mainly isolated, how are their health outcomes, for instance, and versus people that have uh, connectedness and healthy relationships, whether those relationships are familial, marital, uh, in a religious community, and so forth. Some of you have seen that research before, but but the the upshot is uh, is in the first first sentence there. Social relationships, both quantity of those social relationships and quality of those relationships, affect mental health, health behavior, physical health, and mortality risk. And so you are more likely to die of a, a heart attack um, if you are isolated, live a life in isolation, for instance, than you are if you are living in a connected community. And it's interesting. We can talk about why, why that is. You're more likely to, to get different kinds of cancer and, and other, and not just physical problems, but, but have higher levels of depression and anxiety if you're isolated, live a life isolated. So this, that, that should be fairly, fairly self-evident. You know, do we need a paper to tell us that? Well, apparently we got one. And um, so this, and, and their conclusion was interesting. The conclusion was that um, the government needs to do more to help us connect better with one another. 
I'm summarizing, but that is great research, by the way. And at the end, the arrow just, if the bullseye is right there, just went, <laughs> you know. So that misses the mark. Um, there's, there's one institution only, sorry, Kiwanis Club, there's one institution on the planet that can, that can consistently bring wellness and health and hope and joy and sustained peace in a world that is uh, unraveling right now. So next slide. So there are many ingredients that are required for us to live in meaningful community. And the main ingredient is God's, the God quality love, agape. So who has ever visited a kibbutz in Israel? Who knows what a kibbutz is? Stuart has been there, been there? Alan, of course. So the kibbutz system or the kibbutzim is a, is a, is a system of, um, it's, it's, a, it's communal living, okay? It's communal living among Israeli Jews. Um, most of them came out of uh, Eastern Europe or Russia, is my understanding. And the kibbutz system is, is a collective um, enterprise of agriculture and industry, generally. And, and often they go together. There's agricultural um, production of various things, and there's industry of various kinds. And the kibbutz, the, the, the people share things in common. They, if you work outside the kibbutz, you bring your income to the community and it is distributed according to those who have need. Now the kibbutz system is imperfect and it doesn't always work super well, but, the, but there are still many kibbutzim, that's plural, um, in, in Israel today. And so I stayed on one and, and visited a few others when I was there many years ago and it, it was impressive and what I noticed, I noticed something though, even though if you have uh, food security because you're, you're collectively farming, you have some, some financial security, you're, you're making, uh, you're producing goods and services and selling them outside of your, your community, what I noticed is that did not stop envy, jealousy, backbiting, slander, 
It didn't stop. It didn't stop any of that. And some leave the kibbutz because of such, such things. So the early church was as probably as good uh, an example of of the necessary ingredient being within a community, a close-knit community, um, which was that ingredient being the agape of God. So agape um, takes care of a thousand uh, little problems. Um, so let's talk about, let's, let's kind of read this through this first paragraph. Um, agape um, is... It's a term in the New Testament, uh, generally refers to kind of the God quality of love. Um, it's not a love of emotions, uh, not that that's bad, um, or feelings, but of the will and of choice. This type of love can be defined as the steady intention of the will to another's highest good. So it's very others focused. So uh, it's an ongoing benevolence. So if you break down the word benevolence, uh, bene is me wanting the best, and vol- volence, I think that's a, it's a derivation of volition, or, or from my will, I want your best. And so benevolence, um, basically wanting the best for someone else around you. God is the source of this, of this kind of love, 1 John 4.19 says we love because he first loved us. To be more clear, God's love has been poured out into our hearts. Romans 5.5, 5. this is a piece of Romans 5.5. 5. God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So, so the agape comes from the presence of the Holy Spirit within us. So to Kenny's point last week, your own personal abiding in the Lord is is basically preparing you to be a productive and and uh, how should I say productive and and vital member of the community of the kingdom. Okay, so. Next slide. Jesus said in John 13, 34, a new commandment I give you that you love one another just as I loved you. And the reason I'm blending uh, this idea of, of becoming a community in a more intentional way and the agape love of God is because we can't have the community we want without the agape. Okay, so um, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another just as I loved you, you also are to love one another, John 13, 34. So, um, so interestingly, um, which scripture is it? Uh, if, if you love those uh, who, who basically love you, what reward do you have, Jesus said? Um, And it finally gets to loving our enemies, but but let's not get there quite yet. Um, the agape basically allows us to love one another because we're so different 
from one another, okay? And it's easy, it's easy for me to love Brock. I'm not going to say it's not easy for me to, you know, but, but other people challenge, challenge me. That's a reflection of my poor character and of, of my weaknesses. Because truth is, everybody that has the Holy Spirit inside of them is amazing. And, and you are headed to reign in the eternal ages with Jesus and his church. And so if, if I struggle with something about someone's personality, that's my problem. Amen? That's my problem. It is my problem. So, and then, then throw in the, the interesting um, socioeconomic uh, places that we all are in life. When Sherry and I were first married, we were so poor we couldn't even pay attention. And so, we, and, and interestingly, we didn't find that a lot of millionaires wanted to hang out with us. And that was, I'm not sure that was a goal of ours, but, but, um, but, but that, that's the thing, you know. It seems like, you notice millionaires tend to hang out with each other and they swing clubs and hit little white balls sometimes. Um, and that's, that's interesting, and they, they all can kind of relate, relate to each other. I'm not in that club, um, but uh, that, that's easy maybe for, for them to love one another. Um, I can pick on other people. Um, but suffice to say, the differences of where we're at socioeconomically, education, all this pre- presents an interesting, interesting challenge, set of challenges for us to love one another. So here it comes to you again. In what way, in what ways, or who is it most difficult for you to love? Do you have judgments in your mind about a, gr- a group of people? I mean, in the church, in the church. Do you have, a, you have judgments in your mind about a group of people? They may be politically motivated, even. Everything's so politically charged right now. But however it is, whatever, whatever the issues are in me, um, those are opportunities uh, for me to repent and for me to turn, turn around because really it's, it's our humility at the end of the day that, that, that draws down the grace of God on us, right? It's like God's grace is ever present within us in the indwelling spirit, but he will resist me in any area that I display pride. And I'm talking about in the area of relationships. And so think about, think about and pray about if something pops into something pops into your mind, I would prefer not to be in close fellowship with XYZ because or you, or you don't even know why. I would 
I would pray about that. I'd pray about that because likely what's going to happen is you're going to be in close fellowship with X, Y, and Z. And so, um, you know, if I think if we, we all come to the Lord's table, understanding our own weaknesses and giving each other great, a wide berth of grace, um, we can, we can connect with one another in very unique ways. So especially those who are different from us, um, the, the inference of Jesus's word here, a new command is not that it's like, it's like, uh, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a new quality because the people that he was talking to, his disciples, they, they grew up knowing love your neighbor as yourself. They knew that. And so different things he taught challenged them on who's my neighbor, good Samaritan. Um, but to his disciples, he's saying, there's, there's, a, there's a new quality of the love that I want you to have for one another. It's the way that I've loved you. So whatever you see in Jesus, um, that's, give, it, give it to your brothers and sisters. Okay. Often I know at Equip we're very vertical we're talking about Jesus, you know, and, and his, his glory and, and his, his magnificence, and I love that. We, we must spend some more time down here talking about Jesus in us and how this is affecting our relationships. Because our, our relationship in Jesus should look like something. It should look like several somethings, and one of those somethings is is that we should be vitally connected to one another. So the, th this is why there's so much um, mm, highlighting of the way that we do church, okay? It's not to sit around and be critical about this or that, but our culture and our history have given us a version of how to meet that is suboptimal in a lot of ways. And... There's, there's, there's tremendous weakness uh, uh, in the way that we meet. There's tremendous weakness in me talking right now and you listening to me, especially as adults. And so if we are organized in little smaller units, this is not just a, you know, join a house church talk. This is, this is a little bigger than that. Join a house church if you can. And if you don't know one, start one, if you will. Check, check with the Holy Spirit on that. But um, He'll probably say yes. Um, all right. But the, the way we organize ourselves, you know, let's, let's be aware of what's been handed down to us. Because we're going to have to get over that real soon. Okay. And if you've been in any other country where, where there's not freedom, there's not, you, you, you already know firsthand that that this doesn't work, okay? So we may have this until Jesus, I don't know, but we'll see. Next slide. Yeah, so just bullet points, but um, how do we apply anything that I've said uh, tonight? Um, one, 
there is an individual component to, to the faith. And so you, how many, I, I don't want to, I don't want to see a show of hands, please. But um, how many of you took what he said, what Kenny said last week, if you were here, or if you, or if you heard what he said, he talked about the life of abiding in Christ. But he, he kind of broke it down a little bit, and he, he's got more. But he broke it down, he broke it down somewhat. So I hope, I hope that we're actually activating what we're hearing um, on a Saturday night. Otherwise, why are we, what are we doing here, <laughs> right? And so if we're, if we're doing this, this thing that we are personally abiding and, and taking small steps to abide closer with Jesus to the point where there's a seamless 24-7 communion with the Lord. Oh, is that possible? Is it possible? Is it possible a, a continuous, a, you sleep a third of your life, really? You're, you're communing with the Lord when you're sleeping? Probably. So I'd like for you to aim for that, a 24-7 communion with the Holy Spirit, because you've got every advantage now to do that, because the presence of the Lord is in you. We, together, are the Ark of the Covenant, basically, now. We, we carry the presence of Jesus. That should matter. That, that should matter. So to whatever degree, if you hunger and thirst to walk in a seamless relationship with the Lord, he'll, he will give you that. That's a prayer he wants to answer. It's, it'll take considerable discipline. It'll take a lot of time. And do not give up. Persevere through all the wanderings in your mind and all that. Don't give up. Just don't give, don't give up. He's got grace for you to persevere through that. That's one of my main prayers for the last 35 years is to walk with Jesus in that way. I have not achieved that. And, and he has grace, grace for me. But that's, that's what I want. And when I see him face to face, then that's the whole game changes. I get a spiritual body and, you know, the, the good news there. But um, on this side of his return, there is, I, I feel like there's, there are just mountain vistas waiting, awaiting you um, of the Lord himself, of what you can know of him and experience of him. So um, if that pings in your spirit, do go forward with that because there is, he is no respecter of persons. He, he's this, he's, his eyes are just ranging across the earth, just looking for, looking for someone who wants to know him, who longs for him. And he, interestingly, is initiating that inside of us. So, cool. Number two, your allegiance first to the king and then his people. This is, this, these are just prioritization. Three, um, proximity to one another. So um, imagine, imagine you not being able to travel to get in your car or, you know, point is, 
ideally, whatever life stage that we're in, we have a community that's close enough to us. Thank God our automobiles work still and we have fuel for them. Should we not at any given point, um, then we'll need to reorient a little bit. Yes? Am I painting too dark of a picture? So, like, it should be positive. So we must be in proximity to one another to engage with one another. Just kind of a, it's self-evident. Um, finally, what you bring to the table um, is very important. So I couldn't care less if you have an equipping gift, whether you're an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, I couldn't care less. I, I don't care. I, what I do care about is that you, you, are bringing to the table to your brothers and sisters what Jesus has given to you, who you are, what, 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 what you're giving to your brothers and sisters. That looks like your gifts and fruit and wisdom and stuff like that, but, um, but you, you have something vital to give to the body, wherever you're oriented, your neighborhood and apartment building and in a group of group of houses somewhere. Um, so we, it's all hands on deck now. So uh, let's get used to that. Let's get used to that and learn to function uh, with one another, bringing what we have to the table. You're not, you're not responsible for what I have. I, I need you to bring what you have to the table. I, I have to have you. And so, so what do you need to do? Next slide. It's the last slide, I swear. So if you lead in any way, for instance, if you do have an equipping ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, if you have administrative and leadership gifts, uh, I'm asking you to pray for wisdom. Some of you already have been, I'm guessing. I'm asking you to pray for wisdom on how, how would it be, or how does the church fit together, because Jesus is, a, is the ultimate builder of the house, unless the Lord builds the house. We read it tonight, Psalm 127. However, Paul said of himself, I, as a wise master builder, laid the foundation of Christ, and others are building on it. So building can be done, okay, by the equipping ministries mainly. Um, so if you have an equipping ministry, um, pray for wisdom because you, you need to be vitally linked with other equipping ministries, interestingly, uh, for, for us to get this thing done of the church being vitally linked to one another so that she can not just survive the, the, the days ahead, the next five, ten years, um, but to actually express the goodness and the praise and the glory of Jesus and his gospel. So this, this is the time to, to be praying for wisdom because it's, we don't say any longer, well, you know, things are going to get bad in the, in the days ahead. 
we're in those days. We've, we've entered them. Okay. So uh, I think as, the sooner we get through that idea, the, the, the faster we can get, maybe start moving in our prayers toward wisdom on how to build together. Um, all right. Second bullet, all followers of Jesus, pray and ask the Father, would you? Who he would connect you with in a smaller expression of kingdom community. Call it what you want. And be patient for him to arrange those relationships. Don't pray tonight. God, connect me with, with people in a vital way if you feel like you're not connected. And then tomorrow, you're just like, nah, he didn't do it. He will do it. He will do it. But be patient. Be, please be patient. Yeah, these things take time. Um, and the third bullet, I'm, I quoted, uh, where is that? Therefore, since, yeah, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything. This is under the banner of what do we need to do. We need to throw off everything that hinders the sin that so easily entangles us so that we can run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, the author and perfecter of our faith, for the Lord for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners for this coming your way, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Okay. What did I leave out? Thoughts. You might have a thought that kind of is like a phrase that keeps running through your mind or, a, or, a, or a, something, a thought you'd like to develop. I think we're small enough to do that. Small enough group. Who? Anyone specifically uh, sense a, a a tugging in your heart uh, to to be among those among many? We need many uh, who help proactively connect the church in vital ways. Does, does anybody have that? That's kind of a that's kind of a thing for you. It's been a theme for you. Um, maybe shortly or for some some years. Anybody? Nobody cares. Yes, they do care. Okay, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. And it's it's interesting. And that may not be on everybody's uh, uh, front front burner. What I'd like what I'd like to challenge those of you who sense that that is kind of near the front burner on your stove, that, that you proactively pray about, about how, then how do we live? How, how, do we, how do we do this? How do we become a 
community that expresses the the goodness and the love of Jesus in a in a way that really we've we've not known to date. Um, that's a that's a tall order. This is this is going to happen for us. Um, to whatever degree you've been disappointed that it hasn't happened for you, it being you feeling really connected to, to people, um, that will be satisfied. Conversely, conversely, when we start getting closer to one another, there are some challenges that, that arise that we're going to need that forgive one another stuff going on and, and bearing with one another, that sort of thing. So it's, it's not all easy. Think marriage relationship. Think, you know, it's, it's not easy. But there are breakthroughs and there are communication. Okay, now we're communicating and all that. Or I don't really get you, but I love you. And um, so that all will happen in community. And, you know, when Sherry and I lived in community together, it wasn't all, you know, kumbaya. So, uh, but if we have the necessary ingredient, which is what? The agape, the love of God in us, giving benevolence, giving when you see a goodwill store, that's what that's what we're talking about. We have goodwill toward one another. We think the best of one another. We immediately think the best of one another. Rather than quickly judging, quick, quickly criticizing, the 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 need the knee-jerk reflex is I think the best of you. I I believe. I probably just misinterpreted the way you said that or what, or whatever. I believe the best about you. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you. And if you're wrong, you know, if you offend me or whatever, we'll work it out. We're brothers. We're brothers. So we can do this. We can do this. How wonderful to be able to confess our sins to one another. How liberating. How liberating would that be? Take care of one another. Oh, this is going to be good. This is going to be really good. This will happen, I assure you. I assure you this will happen. Now, PSA. Sherry and I have... It's a public service announcement. So Sherry and I received an invitation to go to Saudi Arabia uh, in April and to, and under the banner of Matthew 28, our, our knee jerk, our reflex, our default is you go. If there are lost people somewhere, you go. And we picked that, picked that up over the years and that, that seems, seems right to us and, and, and it's part of the missions culture and all that that we drink fairly deeply of. For four months now, four and a half months, 
every day we are we've been pushing through and like counting the cost and all that we we have arrived at a place where we we don't have faith for this and it's not that it's not that the gospel doesn't need to go to Saudi Arabia it's just that under the general banner of go to the nations there's a little there's some fine print under there and it's John 5:19ish which is we only do what we see the father doing so so for now we're staying and and we we're staying here and we are very much at peace with that and um, that's been a I feel like I've passed a kidney stem and so and you know you're just default 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 mission 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 you know for your whole life and then you're just like and the, the Lord's just in heaven going I'm not I'm not doing that every open door is not me necessarily but We've had some very, it's been a tough, tough five months um, with this whole thing, but it's been a, uh, it's been worth the process. The process has been good for us. And so, um, so we're unannouncing that we're going to Saudi Arabia. Um, thank you, Dale, Uncle Dale. Um, we're all in process. Okay. Let's stand, please, and we'll close in prayer since, yeah. Father, we need you. Lord, you've, you've, you've said through, uh, you've given a word of wisdom, Lord, through a brother, uh, that you will change the understanding and expression of our faith in one generation, and we sense that you're doing that, and we thank you for it. We pray around this issue of, of becoming uh, a church that um, where we can do the 200 or so one another's in a vital way and, and relationship and in meaningful ways, expressing your love to one another and your love to the world around us. We need, we need your wisdom. We, we thank you that you will give wisdom generously. Your word says that you would give generously wisdom to those who believe you and not doubt. So we, we, we anchor our faith in you, Lord. Uh, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would, you would give wisdom. I pray to, to each one in this room, actually, that you give wisdom and intent on how to move forward on this. Lord, uh, we, we love you, but we say also we love one another. Lord, thank you for, thank you for the, the, the people in this room, my brothers and sisters. Lord, I thank you for them. I pray you'd encourage them. You'd strengthen them. You'd give them hope. you give them hope. Lord, as we keep an eye to your imminent return, Lord, I pray you would, you would infuse your people with hope and grace for one another. Lord, you'd encourage, you encourage our hearts daily. Teach us to encourage one another daily. Lord, um, we, we long to be able to do that. So, amen, Lord. We, we, uh, we look to see how you move us forward on this, uh, uh, on this subject. In the name of Jesus, amen.